Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Are you sick and tired of professional development that isn't relevant to you in the field as being a school-based SLP or an SLP that works with school-aged children? I hear you. I've been there too. I've sat through countless amounts of professional development where I walked away saying, that was great if I worked with one student or that would be great if X, Y, and Z. And that is why I created the Speech Retreat Conference. And I'm so excited to let you know that tickets are on sale now for our July 17th Speech Retreat. You don't want to miss this amazing professional development that has provided practical and relevant information for school-based SLPs for the last couple of years. Join the thousands of other SLPs tuning in each time we provide sessions that are hand-selected based on your preferences and your requests. We're going to be talking all about literacy-based for older students, life skills for high school kids, working with the special ed team, pushing in, IEPs and goal writing, and so much more. So get excited and head on over to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. You don't want to miss out because we are already giving away tons of prizes in our exclusive Facebook group. So don't wait. Sign up right away so you can join that Facebook group and join in on the fun and celebrate being an awesome SLP that you are and get ready to learn so much information on July 17th. Can tune in live. Make sure you sign up ahead of time so you get access to all of the recordings. You can only get access to it if you sign up beforehand. So make sure you head to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. Now on to today's episode. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I'm the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be, 
and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. If you have students on your caseload that have weak vocabulary, or you want to figure out a way to help your students improve on their vocabulary, then this episode is for you. I often get asked questions like, hey, Allie, do you have any recommendations on vocabulary lists or words to focus on for this age level? And I want to take a step back in this episode and discuss my method to my madness and my rationale for instead of focusing on specific words, I find it's more important to focus on strategies with our students, especially our older speech students who've been exposed to these vocabulary words in class, in speech maybe, and elsewhere, and it's not sticking. There is tons of evidence that shows that our students with speech and language difficulties already have a weaker vocabulary, and there's evidence that shows having a weak vocabulary is going to impact on their reading, on their comprehension, and academic success. because. If they don't know all the words in a passage, how are they going to understand the passage to then be able to answer it? And that's why I think it's, we can't teach every single possible word. We only have twice a week for 30 minutes. We aren't miracle workers. We have to be truthful in our capabilities in the short period of time that we have our students. We have to teach them what to do when they come across a word that they don't know. What do they do? How can they still be successful in getting the gist of the passage so that they can answer some questions and show that they understand and be successful? So how do we do that? We need to teach our students strategies such as using context clues. And how do I like doing that? If you've been following me for a while, you know, I like to start out by teaching my students, like I'll substitute like tier one, like those basic vocabulary words that I know that they know, such as pencil, dog, couch, hat, sock with like the word blah or any sort of nonsense words. So the student sharpened his blah and then wrote down his math homework. Now, they know it and I know that they know what blah means. Is that something that they should know? But it's not a matter of what that word is that's important. It's how do they know that? How were they able to figure that out? And then we can take it into, you know, the next step and do a more challenging word. Can they figure out the the part of speech from how the word is used in the sentence? Is it a verb? Is it an adjective? Is it a noun? And how using that can help them figure out what the word might mean. It doesn't, the meaning of the word doesn't matter. Being able to verbally express the meaning of the word doesn't matter. It's a matter of being able to use these words and comprehend a text when a word they don't know exists and not to just skip over it. So yes, I like to focus on tier two vocabulary words. I think that's most bang for our buck when working on vocabulary since should know tier one, which is those basic common vocabulary words. And tier three is that subject specific words such as like mitochondria, branches of government, different kingdoms and ecosystems and whatever they might be learning in like science or social studies. That's typically like the tier three vocabulary words. And that's a whole nother strategy and and skill in itself, being able to define words and use it in our own in their own words and what does a definition consist of. And we can help them 
prepare for maybe a vocabulary test. But once that test is over, they don't need those words necessarily. It's not going to help them in all areas of their academic day. But tier two vocabulary words are those words that you find in any text, no matter what subject, and it might be in any kind of comprehension or any kind of direction. It would be like predict, infer, compare, increase, delicate, vague, vague, misfortune, like just different types of challenging words that aren't so subject specific that they might see in any sort of text. So I like to teach them that one strategy is to determine the part of speech. How is the word being used? Can we think of another word that could be substituted for this word that would make sense? And using what the sentence or picture shows or what have you. That is why I have in my Teachers Pay Teachers store a boom deck for sorting French fries into French fry containers. It's using context clues to sort into the part of speech. I did that purposely because that's a strategy that I like to use with my students. So I wanted to create something digitally that I can do now in these times and in a fun way to keep incorporating this strategy and practice with my students. Also, knowing what the main idea or what the whole thing is about. Our students need to have that concept to understand how is that word possibly being used. We can help them be successful and figure out what that word means by using prefixes and suffixes and teaching root words. Now, we can't teach every prefix and how every prefix is being used, but we can look do the more common ones, that things that they should just become familiar with, like re, un, pre. By having some of that background knowledge, that can help them tackle an unknown word when it comes their way. We want to show them that it is important to take the time to figure out what those words mean and not just skip over it. We're not just shut down or avoid the task because it gets too hard. And it might be we have to model our thinking about our thinking when we come across an unknown word. So where we, we can model for them our self-talk. Our students need to hear what self-talk looks like and how you think through and model for them and then have that, give them that script and that, that structure. Okay, what, I came across this word. Do I recognize you know, any prefixes and suffixes? No. Do I know what the whole story was about? Yes. Can I figure out the parts of speech? Yes. Can I think about another word that can be substituted that would make sense? Yes. Could that be what the word means? Maybe. Does it make sense in the story? Yes or no? We can teach them to give that that checklist of, of tasks and things to think about so that they can be successful. And we can start off with words that should be le- like lower of a grade level word. And how do you find those words out? Like I said back in episode 63, so two weeks ago, the episode, did she say curriculum maps? You can look at curriculum maps and see some of those terms in there. What are some words being utilized in the classroom by the classroom teacher on their tests that we can incorporate in our speech therapy sessions that they should be familiar with, that they are being exposed to, that they they should have that background knowledge of? Start with those. Show them that they can figure out what these words mean. And it might not have to be isolated activity. It could be you might be working on inferential questions or summarizing or something with a a passage and a challenging word comes up. Let's teach our students not to just skip over it. Let's teach our students that, you know, if I ask my speech teacher, she'll just tell me what that word means. Use those teachable moments when they happen to be like, let's figure this out. What do you think it means? What are our strategies? What What is something we should do? Okay, and go through the different motions and, and constantly practice. Our students need more practice than their typically developing peers to know what to do in those challenging moments. So if you got anything from this episode, it doesn't matter word lists. It doesn't matter 
what grade level words or picking, you know, 10 words to focus on. It's teaching our students what to do when a word they don't know comes along their way and teaching them they can be successful. And it is important to figure it out because it'll help them understand the whole text and it'll help them be able to answer questions. Show them the relevance, how it is, why it is important and how this strategy can help them and that they can do it. If you're not sure where to start with coming up with goals and objectives for working on context clues. I have an entire blog post that I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And it teaches using pictures, using nonsense words, using different level of difficulty vocabulary words. I have a freebie game that you can utilize as it could be like a baseline. It could be for progress monitoring. It could be just for helping you determine where to start. It gives you sample sentences nonsense words, things like that, so that you can probe and say, okay, hmm. I also have, and I'll put the link in the show notes, I have a free boom deck that incorporates nonsense words and picture choices. Start with choices. Then what happens when you remove the choices? Can they be as successful? So how can we set ourselves up so that we have all the necessary materials and prompting and scaffolding we need to assess how much support our students need And then what can we do to remove that support and teach them? They don't need to learn specific vocabulary words. They need to learn what to do when an unknown word comes their way. And we can be the ones to do it. That is our expertise. We are the language gurus and we got this. And our students are so lucky to have us because we love what we do and we love helping them build their confidence and show them that learning can be fun. So make sure you check out the show notes because I have a bunch of links in there that will help you utilize some of these strategies and techniques in your speech room with your speech students. And like always, I end with a joke. What happens when it rains? Cats and dogs. You might step in a poodle. (laughs) See, vocabulary. So I hope you found this helpful. Send me a DM, send me an email. I love hearing from you guys how you find these episodes helpful. Share with a fellow SLP that you think will benefit from thinking about strategies versus specific word lists. Someone who might be struggling to come up with a vocabulary goal. Share this episode with them. SLPs like helping other SLPs be the best SLPs we can be. Until next week, guys, stay out of trouble. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.